0: Okay. Keys of Marinus. Episode 5. We skipped episode 4 because it doesn't exist, unfortunately. Even though I would love to go through
1: I would to know what Ian got that shirt. Uh,
0: the, the, the coat, sort of, bathrobe sort of thing. The robe. Yes. uh I yeah. think, is it Kublai Khan that I think is in uh, Marco Polo that gives it to him? Um... Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so, Keys of Marinus, episode 1. Hi, dear. Hi, Gam. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm... I got some shit in my throat, and it, it's 6am. So. Also, you
0: know, it, it, it is Kublai Khan.
1: Oh. No, Khan you is in there. Yeah. Uh... I mean, would you just, like, real quick mention that, like, why... We did not
0: watch the last episode, maybe? Well, yeah, we didn't watch it because it's missing. It's missing from the BBC archives. Um, If you didn't watch the last episode, I would encourage you to. Well, listen, whatever. I don't fucking care. Uh, I explained it there, but uh, the BBC had a terrible policy of uh, storing old um, episodes of shows they made. They had a junking policy, essentially, where they would just basically get rid of shows uh, to clear space. Uh, so a lot of epis- early episodes of Doctor Who are just gone until they're found in broadcast stations around the world or they're reanimated if they're popular enough or more most important enough to get reanimated. Um, so, yeah, we'll be jumping around a lot. Go- we'll be skipping ones that don't exist and say one gets released that... Uh, we skipped, and it gets found or animated. We'll, we'll obviously go we'll go back to it because it'll be a fun contrast and everything. But mm-hmm. so that explains why we skipped Marco Polo. But now we're in the keys of Marinus. Yeah. Marco so,
1: Polo, why? So
0: someone yeah.
1: someone said Marco, and he, he never responded. I,
0: that's not the plot of Marco Polo. We're not getting into the plot of Marco Polo. <laughs> Anyway, let's go. Keys of Marinus.
1: <laughs> so, open up, general Doctor Who intro, da 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 spooky whistles. You know, um, we missed the last episode, and this starts on the Sea of Death, and we zoom in on a very obviously miniature little TARDIS, and Ian's it's now in boy. this like butterfly flower coat with East Asian. Writing? We couldn't really figure out if it was, like, Chinese, Korean, Japanese... Considering so it's Marco so Polo,
0: I'm 99% sure it's meant to be Chinese.
1: Okay, but I don't exactly <laughs> expect Britain to be very, like, correct about these things. Considering like, Yeah, no, know. we specifically went out and got specifically traditional Chinese lettering on Ian's clothing. And not just some Asian-inspired clothing we found in the back storeroom. So...
0: Well, considering there Um, was a character in the last episode in Marco Polo called Ping Cho. um...
1: Mmm. 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 Alright. They pull up the image on the scanner and it looks like it's an ocean and Ian's like, huh, I think I see something moving out there but it was probably nothing. Let's all go outside. Um, And we zoom in before they go outside on the water, and you see these little, like, caterpillars on strings being pulled through the water. (laughs) And it's... It's hilarious, and they come up on the beach, and one gets fucking stuck. It is the cutest shit, because it's, like, obviously trying to get pulled up the beach by someone off-screen, but it's, like, getting caught on the rocks. (laughs) Yeah, it's adorable. Uh, so they're very excited. They see the ocean and they're like, wow, it's so calm and nice and there's no waves. And I'm just like, how are you comfortable with that in the first place? Like, that seems like it'd be terrifying if there were no waves on the ocean, like, at all. Especially on the beach. Yeah, um, I guess. Susan wants to go swim and the doctor's like, mm, maybe not. Um, And apparently there's glass everywhere instead of sand in some places, and am not really sure why. And Susan sees, like, a tide pool thing, and she's like, I'm just gonna paddle around in this, because this'll be safe. And Barbara, like, full-on football tackles into the scene, and, like, makes her drop her shoe in the water, and it's apparently acid, and her shoe is just gone. Instant dissolving acid. I legitimately thought it was, like, little ants that were taking away her shoe because of what it looked like. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. (sighs) Um, and And they're like, well, this is a tide pool, and, you know, that's weird. Here, take Ian's shoes and go get your own shoes back from the TARDIS because you've lost your shoes. And you're gonna cut your feet on all this glass. And I was sitting there thinking, like, if that's a fucking tide pool, then means the Tide's gonna come in and literally wash all of them down with acid. And I was like, okay, so I understand the plot so far. I did not understand the plot so far at all. (laughs) Um. I was so wrong. Yeah. (sighs) You are. Uh, while walking back to the TARDIS, I believe Ian sees something and he's like, Oh! It's a building! And we cut to a wetsuit man trying to unlock the TARDIS, like, by just kind of touching it, like, not even trying, and doing absolutely nothing. Well, he was trying to turn Um, the lock. Yeah. I I guess. Uh, At one point, the doctor goes, Ian, you should have given Susan your shoes... Instead of coming out here barefoot, I was just like, really? We're gonna go with that fucking joke? Uh. Um They then find the submarines and decide to open one of them because they see that there's something inside of it. And no one is concerned about this at all. For any reason.
0: Well, probably because it, like, probably wasn't moving.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I would still maybe not open things on an alien planet. Maybe that's just me.
0: Oh, okay. You're not exciting to travel through time with.
1: No, I'm not. I'm sorry that I'd rather be safe than dead. <laughs> uh, Susan comes out of the TARDIS, puts her shoes back on, and she sees like these weird footprints in the sand. And we see the wetsuit man again. He looks like a praying mantis shaped helmet that was made by some fucking little white kid in their basement trying to be an edgy sci-fi writer that's legitimately what it looked like like they liked invader zim when they were younger and so they were trying to write sci-fi and they're like you know what i'm gonna make this look like invader zim slash a praying mantis and it'll just be so cool
0: you do know this came out like 40 years before invader zim right?
1: yes i know but I don't think everybody's watched it, but I imagine most people have seen invader Zim, so they know what I'm trying to describe.
0: Oh no, I'm just I'm just saying like
1: Are you? It seems what? like you're trying to fucking bite my head off here, huh?
0: If I was trying to bite your head off, I'd be a lot louder, dear. Um mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say, like mm-hmm. you, you gotta some like some some things you gotta remember is like, hey, some in Doctor Who is not, like, the biggest thing in the world, but it has influenced some things.
1: Yeah. No, I imagine that this probably influenced a lot of things. If this freaking influenced Invader Zim, all power to them. I doubt it, it, like, it, like, it, I, it. I just think, like, that's what it... I'd fucking yeah, doubt that. That's what it kind of looked like to me. D- anyway. um, So, they open up the sub, and they find that it's... So it was something in a protective suit to get through the acid, but there was a hole in the suit, so I guess it died, but not the suit. Yes. And then they and so they see this, they see the building, and it's like, wow, it's a distraction. And then they they go back to the ship to find Susan. And Susan is already at the building, and we have a yet another of those like quote unquote long corridor shots where, I mean, at least they tried. <laughs> um, we see a wetsuit man around the corner with a knife as Susan, like, slowly starts going towards the corner. And then we cut back to... which. Why do they cut so much in this freaking show? Like, they um, cut back and forth and back and forth, and it's just exhausting.
0: Um... Terry Nation seems to do it that in his scripts, which, by the way, this episode was written by Terry Nation, who also wrote the, the Daleks. Um, he seems to do that a bit in his scripts. Like, sort of, right, okay, they're doing this, and now they're doing this, uh, how do I get between this? Uh, fade. Um, yeah. We don't need to see them walk from this place to this place, so we'll just cut that scene and it'll just be a fade. Fuck it.
1: Well, so, like... With this whole thing, they cut back to the people at the TARDIS, and they're like, hmm, well, the acid ocean seems to be a defensive barrier. And then we cut back to Susan, still in the same place we left her, and we watch the wetsuit guy get pulled into a revolving door, and you can kind of obviously see someone's behind the wall, and it's hilarious to me. And then we cut back to the TARDIS, and it's just like, you could have just done the Susan scene without them talking about the ocean, basically, that yeah. could have been moved forward, and then they talk about the ocean, and then split up and search for clues. But no, it had to be cut, 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 and just like.
0: Uh, I mean, okay, it's okay, so I hard have to follow. I guess I, I, I kind of have to put this into more perspective. Um, so really early days of Doctor Who, it had just taken off, but they were still recording it. They were recording it in the the worst studio on in available to them. It was the smallest studio and essentially they had only one or two days uh for shooting in certain areas. So it would be a case of like mm. uh the set would be built overnight, uh people would get there at like four AM uh it still wouldn't be completely built so they'd have to like film around things. It was incredibly shoddy because BBC no. were not exactly like This is going to be a prime thing. We'll put lots of money into this.
1: I understand that it was, like, shoddy and stuff, but what I'm saying is when they went in to edit it, they literally could have just swapped the two scenes of Susan's walking around the building. We see the man get revolved behind the door. Then they move over to the crew, and they're like, huh, that's a defensive barrier. Well, Susan's not here. We should split up. Like, they could have just moved those closer together.
0: Yeah, except that Susan was there when they found out that there's a barrier.
1: Yeah. Anyway! I. But the barrier doesn't come until later! Yeah, but you just said... No, no, they were talking about how the ocean was a defensive barrier.
0: Oh, oh, I thought you meant the barrier. And then
1: they cut back to Susan again, and I'm saying if they literally just switched those two, it would there's just a lot of little instances of that where the editing is a little bit weird to me and it's hard to follow i
0: mean yeah but i mean i mean it's the the one thing i have to say to that is like it's still a new show like they still don't fully know how they're wanting to make this well
1: yeah no i get that I, i'm still gonna be critical of it but oh yeah be,
0: be critical but like
1: That that's literally my job on this fucking podcast. Cam is to be. I know.
0: I'm just here to also remind you of the fact that this was a really fucking cheap production. (laughs) Yes. Like they. It's not until a little bit later on where the BBC was like, you know what? We have faith in you. You can have a little bit of money. No,
1: I understand that they literally took someone out of college and were like, hey, we're gonna pay you like slightly more than minimum wage. Go edit our show for us.
0: Actually, I wonder if they've got listed who edited it. I doubt (laughs) it.
1: So, we cut back to them at the TARDIS and they are like, huh, Susan's not here. So they split up and search for clues and they go to the building and they're like, huh, she's probably been here. And they start walking around the building, like, repeatedly. And we see Susan has fallen through the revolving door like for whatever reason and they're like wow it's like i just heard susan she was just like right here and then the doctor walks to the same area and the door also gets him and then ian or barbara are like really confused and there's a boom shadow and it's just amazing and i've noticed at this point that ian's shirt also has this fantastically bizarre crane dragon thing on the back of it, and it makes yeah, sense. yeah, it does. Really
0: it makes yeah, sense it in Marco, Well, okay, it doesn't exactly make sense in Mako Baller, but...
1: <laughs> it makes sense in... Wait, no, it doesn't. Uh, it's just cool. It's just yeah, cool. It's just cool. Um, so, we see Susan, and there's a man in a wetsuit hiding behind, like, a one-foot in-diameter pole, and she can't see him, obviously. And then she sees a man in a robe walk in and then she's grabbed by the man in the wetsuit and the man in the robe just walks away and then apparently the guy in the wetsuit was already dead. He has a knife in his back. don't really know how that works, but it's fine. Yep. Um, Ian and Barbara have been going around the building like multiple times and suddenly Ian is also taken by a door wall and and so is Barbara, and it's so spooky, and Ian finds the wetsuit man and just is like, huh, that's weird, and walks past him. But Barbara, the doctor, and Susan fell into the same space where they were taken prisoner, but not Ian, even though they all went through the same door at the same-ish time? (laughs) It's... The timing's Uh. a little
0: bit off. Again, like the, editor,
1: the editor The edit it
0: was his first gig, he he didn't know how to mm-hmm. edit, he was just like doing the best he could.
1: Fresh out of college, didn't want to work at McDonald's, yeah I get it. I um hmm? Dear hmm? 1964.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh McDonald's. What about it? Oh.
1: okay. What about it? <laughs> what about it? When did the, the first McDonald's, McDonald's founded can... in
0: 1955. In America. When did it go overseas, yes. though? I, I guess now we're no, figuring this care. out. Let's let it out. The, that's, not <laughs> that's not the... No, we're I figuring this here. out. Well, no, 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 no. You said they didn't want to work at McDonald's, <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying, was that actually possible?
1: I mean... What, it, what was the UK equivalent of McDonald's in 1964?
0: 1974 was the first McDonald's that opened oh. in the UK, so your joke doesn't make sense.
1: Uh, did you just um-actually be? Yep. I fuck off.
0: Bitch, we're doing a podcast on, on Doctor <laughs> Who. I'm gonna um-actually I'm you a shit ton. <laughs> um,
1: so... They think Ian was probably captured and we see a wetsuit guy trying to kill a man in a robe and then ian fights him off and the monk stabs him and shoves him through another hole rotating door in the wall and you see him just fall through this like hole in the floor And it's very obviously, like, a downward shot, and they just drop, like, a tiny little model into some water. And it's <laughs> bizarre, because it does the whole... Yeah! Psh, yeah! Sort of <laughs> yeah! It literally does that. Um, and it's just like, you know what? All right, fine. Whatever, I'll give you that one. Um, yeah. The monk has, like, this really Irish accent, and we learn that the... I kept calling them the Vord. Vord. V-O-O-R-E-D. Okay, because I put V-O-R-E-D.
0: Oh, 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 you mean, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I just kept calling them that. Um, oh, okay. Are the ones that are in the wetsuit, but they haven't attacked the monk in years. And Ian just kind of casually follows him back, and we see that there's another Vord watching them. And we find out that he built a machine that gave the planet a consciousness and it was able to do a billion things and it did mind control stuff and made people not think evil things. That's pretty much all of what he said in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, pretty much. And then... For seven centuries or so, it was doing this, and then Yatek overcame it and tried to overthrow it, so he took the five keys that powered the consciousness and hid them all over the planet, and the monk is the only one that knows where they are, and the micro and their-
0: Yep, yep, you go you you're doing well. You're doing well, D. You can do this.
1: <laughs> and the microchips are very special and you can't recreate them. Yes.
0: So they've gotta find the microchips, right?
1: <sighs> yes. Because yeah. he wants to make people not be evil again. And the Vord wanna use it to make everybody evil.
0: Yeah.
1: I believe. Something like that. Okay. They they, they want it
0: because they're evil and they want it.
1: Yes. Uh, The monk even sent his daughter and his followers, but no one has come back from getting the keys. And then he tells the crew that they have to find the keys for them, but they apparently decided to not help him? Which was kind of weird because every episode prior to this is that the Doctor's been like, nah, fuck that! I want to learn everything about this planet, so we are going and doing this."
0: Yeah. um, was- Okay. Uh, this <sighs> kind of starts in Marco Polo, and it's kind of a follow through for quite a bit of the first Doctor. The first Doctor is mm-hmm. kind of characterized by like he just wants to get out of there. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't really have any sort of, like, strong desire to, like, we need to fix this situation. He's just like, yep, cool, good for you, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, So, he...
1: it, it doesn't even feel, with, in the first, like, three episodes, it hasn't even felt like we need to fix this. It just kind of felt like I'm a selfish piece of shit that wants to just learn things. That's what he comes across as. Yeah. It, but, like, that just disappears in this episode. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Well, Well, okay, there's a difference between, like, going to a
0: city and exploring it to find out, and being told, hey, I need you to go on this fetch quest for me, grab all these things and then come back. Like, there's a difference between the two of those. Like, going to the city, you can instantly go back to the place where you were. Going to, like, across an entire planet, you're not going to be easily able to get back to your machine to get back and go away.
1: Yeah. Um, so they apparently decided to not help them, and Barbara's like, man, I kind of feel bad about it. And so they walk up to the TARDIS and it has an invisible barrier around it. And yep. all of them go, wow, this is so weird. It's like an invisible wall or something. And then Ian just walks straight through it to uh, get back into the conversation. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh he literally walks straight through it for the shot.
0: His sure. boots? Sure. His boots were just at the same frequency as the force shield. <laughs> no,
1: his, his butterfly flower dragon jacket shirt was it's, at the same frequency. It,
0: it was a special costume given to him by Marco Polo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it was absolutely amazing.
1: <sighs> okay, so apparently the monk is the one that put up the walls and he tells them to go get the keys or they're just going to starve to death and like, fuck you. Um, so, they give them the general location for all the keys, and he gives them the th- this thing that will help them travel through space. Specifically, space, not time. They yes. make that distinction. Yes. So, it's preset to go to all these places in a row to go and figure out, like, where the key is and to come back. Yeah. And... Barbara twists the dial and she just fucks off. She well, was just she like, was oh, weird. That's how does this work?
0: She was standing like a few meters away. She was like, "Okay, I'm in I'll the designated, I'm in the designated area to be teleported. <laughs> I guess area. it's my job to turn the dial now." Yes. Before the viewers get suspicious and go, "Hey, why is
1: she standing so far away from the group?" Why is Barbara standing on that? Very obviously, like black backdrop for some reason that they could easily fade out to make it seem like someone's just gone um
0: can they though that's the thing like this is the 60s like editing like an editing special effects kind of like more that.
1: that they like it's kind of more like they removed half of the frame and pasted the next frame on top of it we yeah. it's just not there it's it's basically <laughs> what they did Yeah. I mean, because, like, you think about it, how else
0: are they going to fucking do it? They don't have fucking Adobe Premiere.
1: They can't bring up the saturation and and bring down the brightness. (laughs) No, they can't. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, later when they teleport, they don't just, like, poof sometimes. It sometimes fades in and out, which is kind of nice.
0: No, it's always Um, instantaneous.
1: No, it's not. Yes, it is. I promise you, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's always instantaneous.
0: Or it's off-screen.
1: So, or it's
0: that one when, time... Or it's the one time when when uh, Ian and Altoids are standing next to each other and suddenly it's a hard cut <laughs> to the next scene. No, it's Barbara. Barbara. Barbara.
1: Um, no, what I was talking about is literally coming up. Um, they... At this point, it seems sort of obvious that the monk dude is kind of the bad guy, but... Who what? knows? I was apparently wrong. Well, because you just like kept doing like weird shit and was like, yes, they're going to go get the keys and everything will be right again. I'm just like, okay, that's kind of okay. weird. And then we see a boar stand, stand up and sneak up behind him and stabbed him and he's dead.
0: He stabbed like, him. Oh, okay. I don't know if you picked up on this, but he stabbed him in the back from the front. And when mm-hmm. he was stabbed in the back from the front, he clutched his chest.
1: Yes. <laughs> because the knife obviously went so far through his back, it pierced his heart. Of course. Obviously. Um, so they're very excited when they land, and when they land is when it kind of fades in. That's what I was saying. It wasn't just an instant pop. This one kind of faded in, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, when they teleport over, like, they fade in. Like, that's decent. Um, but they find that Barbara's not there. But they find her travel dial, and there's blood
0: on it. And they're like, oh no! Next episode. Okay, so, very important. (laughs) Um, So you know that scene where the guy falls into the pit of acid? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that was actually the production... How could I forget? The production set, uh, I believe the production set designer's uh, uh, decision, uh, because he, originally the scene was meant to just be, he gets pushed through the thing, and then that's it. And the guy yeah. sort of went, hey, that's kind of weird. Like, he's meant to fall into a sea of acid, but we don't see it. It kind of looks like he just falls into a, a, a pit. Like, so, oh. how do we want to do something else? And Verity Lambert was just like, if you want to do something else, fucking fine. Do it. But, like, we don't have the time or resources, so you you yeah. you figure out something on the side, and that's where he came up and with then the they little. Dropped
1: him into a pool of water. A little, a little 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 tiny
0: figurine gets dropped into a mm-hmm. pool of water, and it's adorable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. G- Gam, please edit it right here on mm-hmm. this SoundCloud. That yeah. exact noise of him falling. What do you mean? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Is that exactly loud for you? Like. A little bit, but it's alright. It's a little
0: bit loud for
1: me to. Well, I don't want it
0: to be... I should turn it down.
1: Yeah. Anyway, episode two. (laughs) (laughs) Oops,
0: sorry. That's the wrong button.
1: This is another six-parter one, so I was very exhausted by the end.
0: Hey, hey, Um, you made it. And it was interesting this time.
1: Yeah, it actually was kind of interesting, I'll admit. Uh, It did feel like it dragged on in the snowy part, but we'll get there.
0: Well, the snowy Um, part is also where there's rape, so... um, Attempted rape.
1: uh, Episode 2. Episode 2. We're not really sure where Barbara went, and they wonder what's behind the large door that's suddenly behind them. And so they quickly open it to go find Barbara, and there's a whole bunch of flashing lights and statues of women and plants everywhere, and they're like, huh, that's weird. And they see Barbara, like, in jewelry, and her hair is done up, and she's eating grapes. And she apparently got so scared of, t- of like, space travel that she clawed the dial off of her arm, and there's a little tiny scratch on her arm, and that's where she was bleeding from, you know. Um everyone is in awe of everything around them maids come back with food for everyone and at this point no one is questioning anything really Ian kind of mentions he doesn't know the price of things so he doesn't want to eat or partake in anything because he's like there's always a bill to come later like you don't get things for free and I'm like good on you Ian I like you um,
0: wow you like a capitalist.
1: No, I just like the fact that he's not a fucking idiot, and capitalism is rampant <laughs> even in space in the world of Doctor Who. Oh,
0: so. don't worry, we have plenty of episodes about about how capitalism mm-hmm. is evil. There are so many. We'll get to them though. They are Cam- legitimately good.
1: Gam, are you telling me that your anti-capitalism nature it came from Doctor Who?
0: You know what? No, it didn't, but it probably <laughs> helped. Yeah, as I was gonna say, it probably helps. Like, the, like when, um, I, when I was looking it up, and it was like, I was like, I was looking up sort of political undertones on a whole heap of episodes, I was like, man, you know what, there are a lot of fucking episodes that are like, capitalism is bad, or, or uh, a lot of episodes in especially The Seventh Doctor, where it's like, there's a lot damn. of, like, anti-Thatcherism. You
1: know, it's almost like, unchecked capitalism... It's actually bad.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's almost like Doctor <laughs> Who was always... I thought you were going to say it's almost like Doctor Who was always political, because that's that's one of the things people are like with, like, the new episodes. People are like, Doctor Who's so fucking political, it was never political yeah. back in the day. It's like... I mean, it uh-huh. fucking was. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, did we not
1: just talk about how the Daleks were Nazis? But anyway... Listen, um, there are people
0: who still deny that the Stormtroopers no. and fucking Darth Vader are so direct kings. No one's
1: questioned anything, because I don't want to get into Star Wars. And we see this man come up in, like, some robes, and we're apparently in the city of Morpheton? Morph- Morph- I don't remember. Um, Morfeton. it's a place where you can have anything you want. And Susan's like, wow, there's this silk over here, can you make me a dress out of it? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. You can have anything anything you want, uh, and the doctor wants a lab with every possible instrument in it.
0: He's a man Ian of science
1: really, Ian really isn't sure what the fuck is going on, like he kind of questions it like there's no way by tomorrow morning you can just give him a lab with everything in it like there's no way <sighs> so the doctor and Susan. Fall asleep and Barbara and Ian are kind of arguing amongst themselves, saying Ian is wanting too much and how he keeps expecting the worst of this and he should calm down. And Ian's like, Did you see that guy's eyes? Like he didn't blink like once, so like I don't i don't really trust like any of this
0: oh yeah they never like explore that further like they they (laughs) they just sort of drop that and then like there's never a scene where barbara's like wait a minute his eyes
1: oh my god i've got it this is
0: what's going on like there's never that moment
1: (laughs) they never even bring up like she's talking to someone else and she needs to figure out that like they're also brainwashed which spoilers it's brainwashing they're also brainwashed. So she's like, wait, I mean, you do not blink. That never comes back up.
0: It's not brainwashing. Ever. It's hypnotic control, but Whatever. same difference.
1: Same difference. Potato, potato.
0: Anyway, you just spoiled I mean, the episode good. for everyone. Oh,
1: no. Um, So we see a cameraman's shadow, and we see this statue in the background, and its eyes light up and starts making, like, Fucking bubbly noises and like fucking hypnotoid noises, and it's just like, okay. So, this door slides open, and a woman walks over to the doctor Ian, Susan, Barbara, and they put this thing on their forehead, and it's kind of nipple looking. It's a disc. And It's a disc, but it kind of looks like a nipple a little bit because it's got like this little portrait. Anyway.
0: You just got nipples on your mind.
1: Yes. I always do. I literally draw dimples for a living.
0: Exactly, that's Barbara what I'm saying.
1: Barbara rolls over, and it falls off, and then the room starts flashing and screeching, and that alarm comes back, and Barbara just passes out. And everyone else is fine. They just sleep through it. Uh, that morning, everyone's awake. They're eating together other than Barbara, who's still asleep. Uh, there's a sore spot on everyone's forehead, And Susan gets her dress, and everyone's like, oh, wow, that's so pretty. You should show Barbara. And so she wakes up Barbara, and Barbara's like, where are we? What happened? Because she thinks that they've moved into another place, because she's seeing everything is, like, dirty and worn down, and, like, Susan's dress is just a bunch of rags. And they offer her, like, a cup of orange juice, but it's, like, a dirty mug with, like, some mud in it. And she's like, no, I don't want to drink that, blah blah blah. And everyone thinks she's crazy. Automatically. Cause of course. Well, they're they're beginning uh, to be conditioned,
0: so they you could argue that it's like any anything that sort of fights against the reality that's being forced upon them, they're sort of being programmed to sort yeah. of reject and like there's there's a, I, it's a standard trope with hypnosis, dear.
1: I mean, I guess my main thing is I know through further episodes something is going to happen and only one person is going to be there to experience it. And everyone's like, no, you're crazy. Because that happens multiple times in this episode. Uh, kind of. Mm.
0: Anyway, like, what happens in fourth? this episode?
1: Uh, so Altus comes back and we see that he's just in some rags and he knows that it's failed on Barbara. And offers to take her to their doctors. And she's like, no! And Barbara runs away and Ando- Altoids follows her. Um, what, what's his name? Altus? Altus, yeah. Altus? Yeah, or that's right. Ando- Altos.
0: Altus. Altus, yeah. But I just kept calling him Altoids.
1: Well, yeah, because at this point, like, we don't give a shit about anyone's real name in this show. Whoa, I gave um, a shit. I just didn't care about him. <laughs> um, Barbara runs away and he follows her and she hides behind this pillar and doesn't get seen but then he leaves and she's now locked behind this door in like this prison cell Listen,
0: so it's, he goes <sighs> Go it's ahead. 1964 the peripheral vision wasn't invented until 1971
1: you mean right before or after McDonald's
0: before the McDonald's Okay. mcdonald's That's, came yeah. after peripheral vision it, it, it was it was sliced bread peripheral vision mcdonald's
1: McDonald's, yeah got it um so <sighs> jesus so alto <laughs> altoids goes to talk to someone and we see that it's some brain slugs and I say brain slugs because they are the shape of a brain with some slug eye stalks.
0: They are and they adorable.
1: So oh, oh, come no,
0: on! Come on! Mm-mm. 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 Oh,
1: come on. So, with the most original name ever, they're called the Mesmers. No,
0: they're not. And they. What? They're called the Morpho. The Mesmers are the little
1: discs. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, I called them the Mesmers and I was like, wow, that's so original. They talk about how the mind discs were not working, and they order Barbara to be destroyed, and the girl who fucked up the disc placement needs to be killed. And so the girl gets thrown into the room where Barbara is, and she's just repeating, I am to be punished. I am I, um, to be punished for everything Barbara's saying. Yes. They cut back, and they're showing the doctor and ian the lab and it is the most hilarious shit cuz they literally just open this door and it's just an empty room and no like no that, it's it's that. not empty like it's that. a blank
0: room with nothing but a table and a mug
1: and a cup. yeah <laughs> and then look and he even picks up this cup and he goes Wow, this tool is amazing. If I had something like this, I could even fix the TARDIS's weird, tiny-wimey thing. And I'm just like, uh
0: uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, you have to admit, that was that was a really funny scene. It's like,
1: a, yeah, it's, it's
0: kind of a joke on the fact that, like, that it's, oh, they're under the control, but it's also the kind of a joke in that, like, they don't, they're filming it the easy way. They're not, not like...
1: yes.
0: 'Cause like say that was a a scene in modern Doctor Who, you'd have uh you'd either have the exact same but extra like even more obvious that it's an empty room, so like play up the joke, mm-hmm. or they'd play it serious and like, oh, there's all these things in this room and then suddenly they vanish. It's like it's kind yeah. of a joke on the fact that they don't have the budget to like play it real. Yeah. So it's like Wow yeah, I loved that
1: scene. I thought it was decent. I'm not complaining here for once.
0: Wow, dear's not complaining uh, about Doctor Who? I take it as a win. No,
1: in, in general, I'm not complaining is a win. If we go a day without me complaining, there's something wrong. Um, so we cut back to the lady in the room with Barbara and she's stroking this necklace pendant and it's apparently what she wanted most. And Barbara mentions Arbiton and I just started calling him Arby's! Arby's! And- and she asks if she remembers Arby's and she says she remembers him but can't remember why she was sent there but Arby's was apparently her father and then we cut back to the brain slugs saying that they need to replace the brain discs on Ian and the crew so that they can all give jobs to the crew well it's so they
0: can finalize the brainwashing
1: yeah like so the first the night was
0: orientation. Like,
1: yes. Like Susan is supposed to take the place of the girl who put the like the forehead discs on What was her name? Ian he had... We'll get there. Um Ian like... had... It was like Sabitan or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Sabit Sabantha. Sambantha. Okay. Santana. So, mm-hmm. So, she, Susan's supposed to replace her. Ian's supposed to work in the mines. The doctor is supposed to help them create technology. And she's they're like, and Barbara boy. just like, kill her.
0: Yeah, because she's a woman.
1: <laughs> yeah. Be, well, they say kill her because she knows the truth. And once no. she knows the truth, she can't be hypnotized anymore.
0: Okay, that's... that. Okay, that kind of... Okay, okay. We're getting into, like, how, like, the concept of of power of suggestion actually works. And I don't know if this is actually... Because Terranation's a smart boy, but I don't know if this was intentional. But, like, the power of suggestion is such that you cannot convince someone of something that they already know the truth to. Like, you cannot say, actually, you didn't see uh, this. It's actually exactly as i said it was it's all perfect like they're already in their subconscious they it's like locked down and like something's going on i'm I'm on high alert now to figure out what's going on so it's like it, it, it makes sense of like we've tried she's figured out what's going on it's impossible to brainwash her now like that actually makes sense but whether they knew that that was how that works i don't know
1: I don't know, man. I don't want to give them that much credit, but also maybe...
0: Listen, Nation's a smart boy.
1: Mm -hmm. So...
0: He made the Daleks.
1: Sabitha can't remember anything anymore and Altoids comes back.
0: (laughs) Altwinks?
1: Yes. Altoid comes back. Barbara hides behind that same pillar. Peripheral vision isn't a fucking thing in Doctor Who yet. Because it's not seventy-five or whatever the fuck he said. He walks past Barbara hiding on the wall, then sees her trying to escape. tries to strangle her. Then Sab- Sabitha smashes something over his head that I'm not really sure where she found it because it looked like it was an empty room before, and he passes out.
0: Maybe it was then... maybe it was an imaginary thing.
1: Mm. And then Sabitha also just falls asleep on the floor for some reason. Yeah, Because she, um, <laughs> she was tired. She was tired. She needed to take a nap. She take a little um, little bit of sleepy nap. So so Barbara goes back to try and find the crew and sees Ian walking around and just runs straight up to him, and is like, "Help!" Like so many weird things are happening, and Ian is already brainwashed and takes Barbara to the brain slugs because I believe at that point Ian is going to take the place of Altoid. Because no. um, they mention that because they say that Altoid failed at killing Barbara.
0: They didn't know that yet.
1: When he brings her to them, when he brings Barbara to them, they're like, oh, well, I guess Altoid failed, so... You're the new Altoid, sort of shit. Oh,
0: okay, okay. You you kind of just skipped forward there and said that before you said, and he takes her to the brain slugs. Okay, well,
1: (laughs) um, when you see the truth about the city, you can't have it erased from your memory, so they tell Ian to kill her, and Ian goes to strangle her. She, like, does some self-defense karate move, which, like, I was taught at the YMCA when I was, like, five It's like the Um, first
0: thing you learn when you do any sort of self-defense sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it is. How to break out of a chokehold. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's good to know.
1: Oh, yeah. No. Um, And then Barbara just starts, like, smashing shit.
0: (laughs) Barbara goes fucking nuts.
1: Yeah, she does. And they're like, no! And they start yelling, and then she just, like, kills all of them. And because she did that, everyone's no longer hypnotized. Yep. Yay, She <laughs> save them. Well, that's how that works.
0: If no one's controlling you, you go back to normal.
1: Yes, obviously. And then so we meet up with everybody again, and the entire population of the town, or city, or whatever, is apparently started to burn the entire city. And Altoids is going to go with them, and Sabitha too, because Altoids was apparently a friend of Arby's. And... The doctor decides that he wants to go find the fourth key on his own, which is totally a safe and perfectly intelligent idea, because the place where the fourth key is supposed to be like this highly intelligent civilization. Honestly, I feel like he just wants to go fuck around. Like, whatever. Um, And they say everybody's going to meet up again in five days, give or take, in case something happens. And they all start to poop away, and Susan goes first, of course, without waiting, because we find out later she doesn't like saying goodbye. Which I'm makes... not really sure how that's a goodbye, but it's fine.
0: I mean, it doesn't really come back either, because she actually does like saying goodbye.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah it mm-hmm. um, and then she we see her land in a forest area. And starts holding her ears and screaming, screaming for her at the sound of animals or something. And we're told later it's whispers. It literally sounds like screaming. They probably tried like, to do whispers. The but... episode is literally called the Screaming Jungle. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe like there were contentions over like whether whispering would sound good and differences between what it was meant to be and what it ended up being mm mm-hmm. anyway, that was that episode yeah it's it's a good episode so uh, uh so initially this uh was meant to be uh an episode it wasn't meant to be the keys of Marinus it was meant to be another story uh called the Red Fort, which was meant to be a story set during the Indian mutiny. Uh, uh, which is a re- an uh, 1857 uh, rebellion against the natives, by the natives of India, against the British East India Company. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, good that, that they didn't funny. go ahead with that. Um, so yeah. they were initially going to go ahead with that, but they didn't for uh. one or another reason. So Terry Nation wrote this, and he, like, kind of hoped that the Vord would take off the same way the Daleks did. Um. Uh-huh. Uh, but obviously they didn't. Um, but I guess one reason, one really good thing is that the Daleks were so popular that the Red Fort was meant to be a- an episode that still would happen in Doctor Who. But because the Daleks are so popular, they're like, "Hey, can we just have like another Dalek story instead? Like, we know yeah. you've got this original story, but can you just give us another Dalek one? Because like people really want more Daleks." So yeah. thank fuck we didn't get that (laughs) because (laughs) oh boy that would have probably not ended well
1: (laughs) no uh,
0: because i could tell you right now they probably would have gone on the side of the british
1: oh you don't say the the british tv show would have gone on the side of the british
0: I, well, it's it's in the sixties. When we get to the seventies, there a little bit. There's like anti-colonialism shit in the seventies. Again, like oh. Doctor Who has had some rather left-wing writers uh, mm. throughout the years. Like it's always been a kind of <sighs> the problem is it's because it's a a show on the BBC. They have rules that they're not meant to be making not meant to be sort of impartial towards their political parties Uh, it's against the the charter of their government broadcaster but doctor who has been political in the sort of sense of it's more about the basic sort of uh primal uh understanding that leads to political thought things like hey maybe you should care about other people or hey maybe uh I I know you probably think you have good intentions of, like, going to these people that you call savages and uh, teaching them the ways of how to live by you, but hey, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe you should respect other people's living, like, basic shit like that. It's not until, like, the 80s where they get into, like, hey, the 60s had a lot of uh, uh, racism. Uh, Let's, uh, (laughs) how about, how about let's not? Let's, uh, let's oh, overtly, bad. let's have a companion look at a sign that says no colors and look disgusted at the fact that that existed. Um, Seriously? Yeah, and it's, it's actually a really well done scene. I cannot wait for us to okay. get to it. It's not like a, ugh, this is disgusting, but it's like, uh, she's in the house of, of another character, a side character, and she's like, Uh, all real friendly and it's the 60s and uh she's like waiting for the doctor and then she sort of just looks around the house and then she sees that on the on the uh, on sign basically on the window and it's like a stark reminder of like nice people were racist it's like it it didn't fall into the trap of the racist or the evil people it's like actually some of the good guys were racist too yep but yeah, we we'll get we'll get into that in like three years time when we get to the seventh Yay! doctor.
1: Yay! Anyway. Okay. Screaming so jungle Everyone teleports to find Susan screaming, covering her ears. But there's apparently no more screaming when they land, and so it all stops. Yes. Um and she starts crying and screaming into Barbara, not even trying to explain what happens. I mean, you it's, know, another, it's six, Susan. A, another 60s womanly panic, TM. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Woe is me! I am woman! and, happening and uh, I don't even want to talk about it! And anyway, they mentioned that the place looks very dead for some reason, and that never really comes back up, but it's fine and we see an archway with vines covering it, but it's apparently too thick to cut through. Mm. Well, and, and so to they cut through, to we will think of... They decide to walk around to find another entrance, while Susan and Barbara stay to look for sticks to open up the vines to see if they could do that. Barbara finally gets Susan to explain that it was like a whirring and a tapping and a screeching noise that she's apparently heard before. But doesn't know from where, and she only knows that it's evil.
0: Evil.
1: but she's heard it before, but fine.
0: Yeah, we never uh-huh. find out. Yeah. I guess well, I guess it yeah. sort of adds to the mystery of like they've had adventures before.
1: Yeah. So <sighs> a vine starts suddenly moving. And it goes over to Susan and wraps around her leg very limply, and she starts screaming. Barbara takes a a rock and starts smacking the leaves. And it's just like, yeah, all right, sure. Um, Susan starts wailing again, and Barbara at this point kind of actually tells her to shut up, and I was just (laughs) like, yes, good, yes, please, more of that.
0: (laughs) <laughs> she really does it's like an overt like now stop it you
1: stop it yeah i literally made a point in my notes to say thank you barbara i love you you're my favorite so far
0: <laughs> she really is great i do you're gonna really love the next episode um but yeah um, barbara is great
1: yeah so they walk back over to the vines and they just pull them apart even though they were too thick to cut through or get through or anything like that
0: well the vines moved
1: No, they were too thick to cut apart, Cam. They just pulled them apart.
0: Yeah, because the vines were... The vines moved of their own volition.
1: But the vines didn't move... The jungle was alive, dear. They moved off of the the tree. I'm just saying. The whole jungle
0: jungle was alive, dear.
1: Mm -hmm. So they see a statue at the end of this tunnel, and Barbara just goes in after it, and they're like, "Mm, alright, cool. And Susan starts calling for her, and screaming again, she's like Barbara, 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 can you hear me? When she's like five feet away,
0: Barbara, can you uh, hear because, me?
1: Because the cave is quote unquote so dark. <laughs> <laughs> so dark.
0: Doctor Who has a has a, 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 a an issue with lighting. Uh, I I I was watching the uh, the side, the the special effects of one DVD the other day, and uh, one of the. One of the directors that they got basically recounted a story of, like, yeah, the the, the lighting guys came on and they, they stated, like, what they do is, uh, before anyone else gets there, they basically set up a pole in the middle of uh, the set, and then they put the lights on, and if there's no shadows, they believe they've lit it properly, and that's the way they were taught to light things.
1: Oh, no. Like,
0: everything is lit. <laughs> like, there's no shadows or uh-uh. anything, and, like... It, they struggle um, with that quite a bit. Like some some episodes of Doctor Who they actually get good and proper lighting, but yeah, they, they struggle quite a bit with getting not overlit shit.
1: Okay. So I thought the statue had tiny baby hands. <laughs> because <laughs> from far away, the statue is fairly well sized, but it looks like it's got these little tiny baby hands. When in reality, it was a very large statue, and it was just two fucking human hands of some, like, stage hand sticking out.
0: I'm um, <sighs> pretty sure those were statue hands.
1: Uh-huh. Ian comes back and sees Barbara at the end of the tunnel, and we see that the micro key is at the head of the statue. So she stands up, grabs it, and the baby hands close around her, and then it starts rotating and taking her behind the wall. And it seems like rotating walls seems to be like a big thing in this, and I, I don't really <laughs> understand why. Oh, just but wait like, for the next really episode. really common in this episode. It's just like, okay. So we see Altoid, uh, I believe, finding the micro key on the ground. So I was like, oh, he's probably going to ditch them for it, isn't he? But Sabita gets the key and says, Barbara probably took her dial to travel and leave because if she knew that we had the key, she would have just left. And so we see the statue move back in the background and Barbara isn't there. So it's like, yeah, like she left. So Sabitha, Altos, and Susan Mm -hmm. all go ahead without Ian because Ian wants to go find Barbara to make sure that she left. Because if she didn't leave and she's stuck back there, like, they just left her. Yep. Um, Ian refuses for Susan to go with him, and then when Altos and Susan leave, Sabitha accidentally drops the key, and they suddenly realize the key is fake because a tiny micro-measurement in the key is wrong, and one side is slightly longer than the other. Yeah. Oh! So, Ian goes, oh, okay. Um, and he takes the key and he's like, alright, well, if this is a fake, you go ahead and, like, I'll go find uh, Barbara and we'll deal with it. So, Ian goes and hugs the baby hands to trigger the trap and takes him <laughs> around. And we see, like, more old statues and things and a man in night armor, which Ian promptly, like, turns his back away from, then steps on a button activating its trap card to which Barbara sees because she's hiding behind a pillar and screams for him to move because the knight picks up its axe and tries to axe Ian in the back.
0: He was trying to axe him a question.
1: Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Apparently the room is one big booby trap and so they decide to go look for the key together. There's this entire wall of vegetation that they state looks like it's trying to get into the building, and they're like, "Huh, that's weird. That's kind of like cool, like all oh, of this is vegetation, but that entire wall just looks like it's all trees." Just, huh? That's weird. Um, okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So they see this door and they go up to it, but it's apparently locked. And no one thinks to grab the axe that just tried to kill Ian. Ian instead goes and looks for some stuff. And we see one of the vines in the background kind of moving. And it's just like, okay. And we hang on the shot for so long. Of Barbara just kind of standing there going, (sighs) 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 Ian needs to hurry up. (sighs) (sighs) Sort of thing. And this vine just moving. It's just like, all right, whatever. We cut to a monk walking through a door. Monkey. And then then we cut back to the door that Barbara's at, and and the door just opens, and Barbara just without any sense of danger walks in and gets caught by like a net. And then the ceiling starts slowly falling towards her with pointy sticks that are, th- like, glued to it. She's screaming, and she's like, Ian, help me, because she can't help herself in any way. Well,
0: nets that's her one weakness. I,
1: yes. And Ian tries to pull out a pickaxe that he has on the ground, and because of that, a jail cell door drops on him. And this is just the episode where Barbara dies, honestly. Like, there's so many instances where she just, like, faints and or dies because of what's happening to her. Yeah. (sighs) We see the monk open the door and kind of watch Barbara, and then walks away, and the ceiling just pulls back up, like, not killing her, because he obviously stopped it. And he asks them, like, why do you want the key? And Barbara asks to be let out, and he's like, no, why do you have the key? And he's like... Because Arby's sent us. He's like, prove Arby's sent you. She's like, we can't. It's like, prove Arby's sent you. And she's like, look at this time travel dial. Lifts up the net. Shoves her hand out from underneath the net that she can't get out of, obviously, without like just lifting the net off herself. And he's like, okay, let me look at this and I'll know if you're lying. Because only Arby's can tell, or only Arby's can set where the watch takes you to. Ian then breaks a very rubbery jail cell bar and we cut to Barbara being let out of the net by Ian because the monk is being strangled by some plants and they go to save him. Ian takes a piece of metal or something, I forget, and cuts nowhere near the vine and frees him. Yep. And The monk goes, when the whispering starts its death, the jungle is coming. And apparently Barbara just knows that the monk is now dying. I'm not sure why or how she knows this, but she does. And he mentions that when they take the false key, all the traps set into motion and the guy's babbling and they keep saying, well, he's dying. He's dying. It's like, how do you fucking know he's dying? And he gives them this code of D E three O two, and they're like, "I don't really know what he's saying, but we are going to assume it's to a safe." So they go look around the house because the monk is dead at this point. He just he's he just dies. He's he was tired. (laughs) Everyone in Doctor Who just gets really tired. I
0: mean, yeah.
1: (sighs) Um. So he. Guesses how the safe works with the weird letters, but it doesn't open. And they try exactly two times without changing anything, and they're like, well, the safe just isn't going to open. know. So they think it's going to be somewhere else in the house. And we zoom in on a bunch of books for no reason, actually. It's kind of weird. And... Barbara is wondering what he meant with all the whispering, and they find out the monk has been looking at plants and changing biology and stuff. And he was apparently wanting to speed up the plants and rocks to make them destructive. Because he, Ian starts reading a passage about how water dripping on a stove could take months to destroy it. So he wants to speed it up so it only takes a day. Not really sure how you do that, but whatever.
0: Science. Come on, girl. Keep up.
1: uh Uh-huh. Um... Barbara asks Ian to keep looking, and then that screaming starts again, and they look up, and they're like, oh, that's what Susan heard. That's weird. That's what the monk meant. The jungle once said, and we see some plants trying to get in, and the traps (laughs) that they activated are sped up to go and destroy the temple, The plants break some very flimsy boards, and we see that a vine just kind of, like, lightly is tapping Barbara on the ankles, and they're like, oh, no! And Ian falls over and sees that there's, like, some chemicals on the floor, and they're like, wait, this code was actually for a chemical that he was working with. So they find (sighs) out that DE302 is a chemical, because of course, and it's just a jar of dirt. Hey, hey,
0: hey, hey, come on. There was at least, like, some styrofoam balls or rice in there as well to make it very clearly not just dirt.
1: So the styrofoam balls, or whatever you're talking about, are a type of fertilizer for plants. So yes, it was literally just a jar of dirt. Shut up. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Don't be so mean to the jar of dirt.
1: Okay, Jack Sparrow. Um... Uh uh, So, they find the key, and they time travel, or they travel dial out. It's not time, it's space. And they're teleported to a place that's so cold, Barbara instantly cannot move.
0: Uh, Her womanly joints froze.
1: Yes, and I asked very, like, in all caps, is everything on this island, the fucking island of blank, the blank of horror, the blank of terror, the blank of scary shit, like the screaming jungle, the scary mountain, the I uh, think it was just a lot. Uh, i
0: <sighs> let you know it was the snows of terror. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and
1: that's where so, that episode. Is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Very quickly because I don't want to take up too much time. Um, uh, this. I I do love this episode. It's it's the first sort of it, it's the first sort of episode to sort of have so many different sets, so many different locations and have a sort of type of quest to go search for different fragments of a whole, which is actually later brought back to be the entire plot of a season uh years down the line, don't worry. Um uh, but um so terry nation is a man who writes a lot quite a lot i mean he's a right he, he was a writer um in the 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 uh god what's it called story sorry my mind just melted then uh, it's not really elaborated on, but he's like he—he he kind of wrote this whole like backstory to the aliens of the void because he was like, you know, they're they're really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring bring them back constantly, and like they never come back. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, they're alien advantage invaders who took advantage of the people of Marinus, and uh, they. The uh the, the consciousness thing got deactivated, so they took advantage of that to to make them fight and it's like this whole backstory that isn't revealed at all and never comes back. It's like this whole sort of little bible of like lore that comes with it. It's like he's Jim Henson uh yeah, in that he sort of regard.
1: Really likes world building but then doesn't come back up to talk about like most of the stuff he builds
0: yeah whereas like the only thing he really does get to develop are the Daleks which the more Dalek stories come up he does develop them more and more which is why they've persisted throughout the decades because like there's constantly like evolutions of the lore of them and the history of them which is really interesting and actually fun Uh, but Yeah, there's, uh, this is such a weird one-off, because it's like, why would anyone think that the Vord are going to take off?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, we- let's- let's rush through the next one to not have to talk about it.
1: Okay, um, let's rush through this then. Uh, it's snowing, Barbara lays down to go to sleep, Ian collapses next to her, um, I mentioned that did you know that when you freeze to death you don't just actually go to sleep you tend to go crazy and in most cases people strip off most of their clothes when they freeze to death because they start like overheating because their body kind of just uh, goes to
0: death. oh what's that called something' it's, it's not hypoxia um there's an actual term for it where you you're yeah. so cold that you actually feel like you're boiling oh, I forget the term yes.
1: Which is why a lot of the times when people are found frozen to death, they're naked. So people think they just went out to the fucking, like, snow, like, naked. They just had potty. I was excited because I thought we saw that Urg was back (laughs) because I thought he was a caveman. Um, And now he has furs.
0: (laughs) He thought we had gone back to caveman politics.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, He takes the key from Barbara and takes them to his house so that they don't die. He warms them up. Barbara's hand is apparently slightly frostbitten, but that's not really how frostbite works at all. Um, He offers them a warm drink. There's apparently, like, dozens of packs of wolves outside, with 20 wolves in each pack. And that's not at all how wolf packs work. Uh, There was a stranger that helped carry Ian and Barbara, and it was Altos, and he didn't know where the girls were. And there's also a storm coming, so they need to find them. Ian trades his dial a single fur and a lantern the lumberjack locks the door behind ian and talks about fattening up barbara we found all toys in the snow tied up ian is confused i really hated this episode yeah uh, barbara opens a drawer and finds Sabita's keys the rest of the dials he apparently gave them food and flint and trade for the keys barbara thinks he stole them because the keys are too important there's something in ian's bag that will apparently kill him he's gently and essentially uh, rubbing Altoid's legs at this point because of the frostbite. Not his legs, uh,
0: his thighs.
1: His, his thighs. Yes. Um his bag is apparently full of raw meat to draw the wolves in, and so Ian chucks the bag straight at the wolf's face. You hear it even actually go <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> oh also we should um, probably
0: mention Altoid isn't wearing any pants. It looks no, like he's, he's just not. wearing speedos.
1: Absolutely.
0: With like um, a giant, like big, big, like Roman type cloth over the top.
1: Yeah, uh, the lumberjack is being creepy as fuck. The wolves are catching up to them. We see a tiny miniature house in the snow. And they're like, "Oh, it's just like right over there. We can make it." Um, the, some stuff happens. Some assault happens, and Ian and Altoids come in and stop them. And they tell the lumberjack to tell them where the cave is. Um, and the fire student and Sabitha have been making have now finally gone out they now realize they're entirely lost in this cave that they've been in and it's totally a real cave and not just some cardboard with some cling film on it hey hey um, hey, they... hey it, it looks better when they explain what it actually is yes uh, the crew comes in and they find the cave to be empty and the lumberjack starts freaking out about demons in the cave and, I'm re- and this was the point that I realized that they're supposed to be freezing to death, but half of them are wearing fabric so thin that it's almost sheer. Like, yeah. they would be wearing more fabric if they were wearing fishnets. Legitimately.
0: Yeah. Because <sighs> the fabric's so thin,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sabitha and Susan see this rope bridge. Sabitha freaks out, tells her to not look down, right at the exact moment Susan's in the middle of it, so she's like, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> The lumberjack has been freaking out still, and we see that the crew has come up to the rope bridge, and there's a moment where the film, like, reverses and replays the same moment for some reason, where Ian's, like, kind of holding onto the bridge or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was really weird, like, that they played the same scene in reverse and then forward again. Oh, yeah, they kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, everybody goes across the bridge because they find that Ian, or they find that Susan and Sabatha uh, are there, and the lumberjack, of course, destroys the bridge. Big shock. Leaves them behind to die because he's evil.
0: I mean, wouldn't you? And
1: apparently, yes. <laughs> um, it's apparently too wide to jump, even though it was a few boards across, and Ian literally made a longer jump in the previous episode, but I guess we don't talk about that.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: we hear creaking as everyone like ventures further, and there's obviously like this horse head shape that they made out of ice, and I think they just covered a prop in something and put it there. It's a penis. It's both. Um, Susan freaks out again, for no fucking reason. Because she's see a, a fifteen-year-old girl. Full of statues. I want to get through this fucking episode. Yep. Uh, that look like knights, and they're totally not breathing or anything. And we see this key in the middle of a solid block of ice. And honestly, like, how the fuck do you expect to get this key out? But then they realize that there's a pipe coming in, and around the ice and everything. And and Barbara turns the valve and warm water moves through the pipes and starts to melt it. It's obviously connected to a hot spring, because that's how it works, of course. Yeah. <sighs> Hold on. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to go through this so quickly I'm running out of breath. You're right. Ah. you're alright. Take your breath. I-, I just hate this episode, okay? It's Listen. Fair. It's fair. <sighs> um... The ice starts to melt, so it's like, okay, let's go figure out the bridge. So they put some styrofoam icicles across the gap to cross it, and they tell Sabitha and Susan to come back and check on the key, and we see that all the knights have also slumped over and melted, I assume. And they grab the key, and they're like, all right, well, you know, these knight weapons and... Susan goes up to the knight and goes, "Well, these night weapons—I wouldn't want to get hurt by one of those. That would suck." And then the knights wake up, obviously, and yeah. they attack, them, and they slowly move towards them. <laughs> At one point, Ian moves Penis Rock to try to stop everybody, and no one understands how to climb, and it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, that—that that, they should have cut that scene way earlier.
1: <laughs> oh yeah Um, because they're just continuously, like, running at a wall because they still didn't yell cut, and it's hilarious. Um, Susan makes it across the icicles, meaning it's obviously safe, and that's totally how that works. She puts the bridge back up. Everybody crosses. The knights get across and lift the horse head and let all the other knights come through, uh, everyone gets across the bridge, Ian drops the bridge, just as one knight comes in, and he falls into the abyss by going... Okay, I was ex- I was half expecting a goofy screw, but it's fine.
0: Oh, do you want a goofy screen?
1: Yeah, sure, come on, give it to me. He goes... Mission failed! We'll get next time! Goddammit! You fucking we come back to the Lumberjack just looking at all the things that he still stole, and it made me so fucking angry that they had him in a situation where they could have just taken all their stuff back from him, and they fucking didn't for some reason. And he's, like, looking at all their time dials, because they could have just grabbed the key and and moved their time dial and just left, but they didn't fucking do that for some reason. Ugh! Well... It's because it's cause they had to have the tension
0: of... of hi- of uh, the, What's his fucking name other than Rape Man?
1: Um, I just he, called he, him Lumberjack. He's not a lumberjack! He wasn't even in the story a lumberjack. I know. He was a fur trader, but I just kept calling him a lumberjack.
0: Vassal. That was his name, mm. Vassal. He, um, he, he had to grab Susan. Anyway, what happens yeah. to him? Uh...
1: I was getting to that. Uh, They come back to him, and they come back, and they're like, you're going to give us our things, and he's like, no, you left the door open. The knights are coming down from the mountain. And he threatens to kill Susan so that they don't leave. And a knight starts stabbing through the door and stabs him with the pointy tip of his sword, so he dies.
0: Stabby, stabby.
1: Barely stabby, stabby, but yes. Um, And they all just leave. They all poof away. Yeah. Um, Well, everything's resolved
0: and someone's coming through the door to kill them so they've got to get out of there quickly.
1: So they leave. (laughs) Uh, And we cut to Ian trying to open a glass case and someone comes up behind him, smacks him in the head. Uh, No, actually he smacked the air. (laughs) Let's let's be real here. He smacked the air next to Ian's head uh, with a sweet potato to knock him out. And then puts a Mason Ian's hand, takes the key, leaves, setting off the alarm. Oh no. And that was that episode. Thank God we got through it.
0: Yeah. So uh fun fact about that episode, it does Deer kinda of glossed over it because it's shitty and awful and I hate it. But Vassor does trap Barbara in his house and is like, no one can get in, but no one can get out either. And he literally literally attempts to chase her her around... Yeah. It is very implied that he is trying to catch her to rape her. Um, Yeah. Which is awful. Um, Thankfully, they didn't, like, say it outright or, like, actually, like, go through with it in any form. Like, he never catches her. But, um, fun fact... Uh, the sequence, even though that's in there, it never prevent prevented uh, BBC video release in 1999 from getting a, a, a U certificate, which is essentially like the the kids-friendly uh, lowest r- rating you can get. It's like, it's for everyone. <laughs> um Yeah. 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 It's a shame. Anyway. Ian has been knocked out by... What was he knocked out by again?
1: A sweet potato.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn straight he uh,
1: was. <laughs> we get a another view of Ian getting knocked out, of course. And I was thinking about it. I was like, there were only really four keys, so I was like, not really sure how this was going to be six episodes. It still was. Um, Ian wakes up in the room, and there's Teron the interrogator, which was a hell of a name, has yep. him. And is wanting to ask what was happening, and apparently they think that Ian took the key and killed a man. And I was kind of confused how Susan and the others were not there, because they all were set to proof to the same place, but... Yep. Whatever. Yep. Um, Teron is recording everything for interrogation, starts to ask him a bunch of questions, Ian's charged with murder... And the way their legal system works is that he's guilty until proven innocent. And he's like, "Well, I was supposed to meet a friend here," and they're like, "Who?" And He's like, "The doctor," and they're like, "Who?" I'm like, oh, "Okay."
0: They're oh, like, yeah. turns to character, turns to camera, Doctor Who. <laughs> that actually happens yeah. in the show quite more often than I ha- oh than I would God, wish man. it did.
1: It's it's so fucking annoying.
0: It mainly Uh, happens in the new series, but it does happen occasionally.
1: Yeah. We see Barbara coming in, wanting to talk to Ian, and I'm still confused at this point how they did not go to the same place, and no one seems to be able to find the doctor, and then suddenly he walks in, because timing.
0: He he walks in very energetic.
1: Yes. Uh, Because the doctor is going to be Ian's lawyer, And the judges have lasagna hats. (laughs) The corporate (laughs) lasagna is insane. It (laughs) looks like cooked pieces of lasagna pasta, like, not even with the sauce, it's just hanging. It
0: looks like those, uh, it looks like those Splatoon heads, uh, the Splatoon hats that you, that you, that the Nintendo had. Mm -hmm. It literally just looks like them. It's hilarious.
1: Um,. There's a rule that anyone can speak for anyone in this city. And the doctor goes, okay, cool. But I need time to find witnesses and figure out what happened." So They're like, you know what? You're right. Here's two days. And Teron goes, or no, not Teron. The other, the opposition side, I don't think he ever got really like a name. He did, Um, but it's
0: not really mentioned.
1: Yeah. Says it's not going to change anything. Um Prom got was the one that got killed, and was Altoid's friend. And also, murder is rare in this place, so they really need to figure it out. And Susan and Barbara are deemed the doctor's detectives. And the <laughs> micro key was apparently not taken, but also was taken, but it was never. It, it didn't ever leave the room, but it did leave the room because they searched the entire room and it wasn't there. But they also never recorded it as leaving the room.
0: <gasps> then where is it? Don't don't spoil it. Just that that was for a dramatic effect. Um. Anyway, keep going. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> um. So. The doctor looks off into the distance and just goes, Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, I understand. <laughs> and he and the and, and Barbara comes up and goes like, Doctor, like what are you just like, oh no, I know who did it. Like I, I know who did it. And they're like, What? And they're like, Can you tell us? And he's like, No. <laughs> 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 For some reason. Uh, the doctor The, murder, goes, the, Barbara, <laughs> the murder of Iprim,
0: in this city, localized entirely within your mind. Yes. Can you tell us who he is? No.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> uh, the doctor makes Barbara act like Ian and Susan plays the most important role she will ever play. I'll play and the dead body. body. <laughs> I'll play Iphem. Um the doctor fucks up his line like multiple times in this scene for some reason and
0: because he's old.
1: He he's old and the doctor states that it's just a theory that he can't prove yet but he's pretty sure he knows who did it and so they they go to Epram's no someone's wife's house or who was it who was it there? they go to this person's house
0: the guard like one of the who guards. was first on the scene
1: yes And she starts asking the wife slash who I thought was the secretary about the key. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is that that key was really expensive. And so the guard shows up and Susan's like, well, I already know where the key is. And he's like, no, you don't. You don't know where I hid. What do you mean you know where the key is? And she's like, really? Really? Yeah. Um, Aiden. That's what it was. His Aiden, name was Aiden. Yes. <sighs> he then we, he like makes a move to beat the shit out of Susan when she threatens him. So they leave, and then he also beats the shit out of out of his wife, which was like okay, I guess whatever. Yeah, a um, bit weird. Terran states. That the mace was used by Ian because they found it in his hand, and that's all the proof that they need. Um, and then the great judge Ragu asks the doctor to speak up. <laughs> oh, I just named him the great judge Ragu because the other two never ever spoke up. So No, they friend. don't.
0: They just they just nod and look at each other.
1: The doctor states that the murderer is in the courtroom with them. <gasps> and then The doctor calls Sabitha as a witness. Sabitha says Aiden or whatever took the key. And she does so because she uses her key that she has to be like, he told me where this was. And he's like, what? No, I didn't. Wait, actually, yes, I did. I'll confess everything. And then he gets killed. Right there. Oh! Gasp. Gaspy! (sighs) Uh, Judge Ragu is like, uh-huh, yes, interesting, and they still think that Ian is the murderer. And the tribunal starts again, and Susan apparently is gone to go get Ian's statement, even though it's Ian's trial?
0: Yeah, um, I never understood that reasoning. It's It makes no fucking sense, other than, obviously, what happens to her.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow, spoilers. Uh, oh, you're, you were
0: literally to about to say it. Court.
1: And it's still his fault. And Judge Ragu believes that the sentence should be continued to be carried out. And that that there should be a closing statement, otherwise Ian will be executed. And a message was brought for Barbara that they state... I wrote Susan. Why did I write Susan? Um, (laughs) You just just had Susan
0: on your mind because you love her so much.
1: Ugh, I hate Susan so much. Um, That there will be another death if they disclose where the key is hidden. And the phone suddenly rings, and it's Susan calling, and she's very obviously kidnapped, and she's the one that's going to be killed. (gasps) And that's... Yeah. Ugh. So, (sighs) Barbara doesn't want to tell Taryn, or the doctor, so the case is the only thing that's on his mind, even though the case is over, and they've already stated that Ian is going to be executed when the pointer on the clock reaches the star. <gasps> the
0: Not star, clock.
1: Star clock. And Aiden is the only one that is connected to the crime, but he had to be in contact with someone, so they go ask his wife if he's been meeting. But she's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. My husband just died. Leave me alone. And they're like, all right, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, she's fake crying. And, yeah, she was fake crying. <laughs>
0: the door shuts and she's going, <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Like, it literally does, like, the crying to, <laughs> Sort it's just like, okay. Uh, she's the one that apparently kidnapped Susan. And Tarrant is going to apparently take her with him and whisk her away or something. I'm not really sure. Who is um, whisk And numbers? then Barbara realizes that the wife could not have known that they just spoke to Susan because <laughs> she brought that up. And so they instantly figure it out and they stop Susan from being murdered by coming into the room without the wife even noticing. Um, or hearing it and the door wasn't locked and it's a lot yep yeah. and then they put the mace from the trial in a cupboard with all the other notes and they zoom in on the mace and I'm like okay that's important I guess
0: it didn't and click with me yet
1: looked, it didn't click with me yet doctor is depressed <laughs> as fuck
0: he really and fucking he is. is I'm actually going to take a screenshot of that later and post it to twitter
1: You need to make that, instead of the title screen, you need to make that the album cover art for this episode. (laughs) Oh, you don't want the- the actual art-story art for this
0: one is actually really good.
1: Fine. Fucking reply to your when 2020 hits fucking meme with the press doctor, please.
0: Okay, okay, fine, I will depressed doctor is that what <laughs> we're calling it is, is it like sad keanu depressed
1: doctor yeah um so uh, carla swears that ian was her accomplice <gasps> and then they realized i realized at this point what was happening did you yeah i did because i wrote it down and they point out that the guy was going to come later and connect, collect the key, and okay. nearly star o'clock. I I want to point out that the minute, the the
0: literal second you realized, is the exact second that the doctor realized as well. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, it was. That was great that you- you- it, that you believed it just in time. You- you- Terry Nation had you on the brain when he was writing this story.
1: Yeah. He- he was my soulmate and he didn't even realize it. <laughs> uh, so, no one in this fucking show has peripheral vision, because the doctor hides behind the door when the person comes in to come get the key.
0: We've been over this, dear. Peripheral vision isn't invented until 1971.
1: Uh huh. Um, and then the two police officers. I guess I don't really even know if they're police officers, guards. They're, I they're guess.
0: guardians.
1: Uh huh. This is uh-huh. this. You haven't
0: even said what the, this this city is called, dear.
1: What is it called, Gam?
0: Did you not know what it was actually called?
1: I don't remember. Really? Was it's it like the or something?
0: Millennius.
1: yeah Yeah. <laughs> Or something like
0: that. It's great.
1: Um so we find out that the key was inside of the mace! <gasps> because they checked the whole room except for the mace.
0: Oh, because it was a murder weapon.
1: Yes. So the, all Well I that
0: and the sweet potato. <laughs> they checked everything except the mice and the sweet potato
1: (laughs) yes Um, and we find out that the prosecutor is actually the one who did it and Susan literally goes whoopee whoopee (sighs) Sabitha and Altoid have gone ahead to go talk to Arby's, Ian and the crew um, go and the doctor follows after heading back to take the keys to Arbitan who, if we remember at this point, is dead, like really fucking dead?
0: Albertan. Oh, Albies
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, we go and we open to the mantis guy saying he's dead, and Sabitha is nowhere to be found. Altoid is tied up, and one of the actors bringing in Sabitha like nearly eats shit, and it's great. <laughs> <sighs> Uh I believe I missed an episode skip somewhere in here,
0: but it's alright, I'll, I'll I'll give you the 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 little tidbit I was gonna give you anyway. Um so you'll note that, that the doctor does not actually appear in episodes uh uh two and three of this serial, uh because he was on holiday. Um oh. he had been working nonstop he going, from holiday? He had been working nonstop from October to April on Doctor Who episodes and needed a break which is actually why when he returns he's actually more energetic and refreshed and is like happy when he's
1: everything um yeah. it, he really does come in like I'm going to be your lawyer <laughs> yeah. and it's like all right uh,
0: there's a few upcoming stories where the where his co-stars take uh, holidays so keep an eye on that in future episodes
1: <gasps> oh
0: so, so, so yeah, he, uh, I uh I, well I want to keep it short, because we're already on, like, what, fucking an hour and a half of this? As good as this I episode know. is, I don't want it to go on for, like, two hours.
1: I think mean, we, we're gonna get to the point where, like, this is gonna become pretty normal, I feel, like well, I hate it.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, it, well, especially when we get to one of my favorite episodes, The War Games, which is ten episodes long. Um... Uh No, 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 no. That one's actually really interesting, and it's not like... It's an
1: episode long, doesn't help.
0: Okay, it has... It doesn't have the same drag problem that, uh, the Daleks has, where it's like, it's like, oh, no, there's an entire episode of them in a cave. Like, it's... Each episode is interesting, and it makes sense, and uh, we're not gonna get there for, like, at least until this time next year.
1: I'm going to preemptively dock it by one point, but we'll get there.
0: How fucking dare you? Um... Okay.
1: Uh, two episodes is too far, man. The void. So, so, Sabitha says that Altoid is just a servant, and they should just send him away because he doesn't matter. And they're like, okay, then we'll just kill him. And she's like, no! <laughs> um, and we find out that Altoid is apparently in love with Sabitha. And I was like, alright, since. Well, since he's me. a man, she's a woman. Come on, it's uh-huh. the 60s. Uh, So it's just like, uh uh-huh, okay, so since when did this happen? And he tells them that the doctor has the final key. And Sabitha looks really shocked and looks like she's about to shit her pants and also throw up at the same time. It's it's hilarious. Uh, So we cut to Ian and Barbara that are confused as to why Sabitha hasn't come to meet them. The Mantis guy put in the last four keys, and they assume something is wrong. And so Ian and Susan go looking for Altoid and Sabitha, and Doctor, the Doctor and Susan go look for Arbitan.
0: Because they don't know he's
1: dead yet. And the Mantis guy pulls his hood up to hide his face. <laughs> because that's totally how this works.
0: Well, I mean, I didn't know it was him. I thought it was still Arby's.
1: Cam? I swear to God. (laughs) His head is, like, five times bigger than a human head because of his helmet. It's so dumb. It's so dumb! Also, Arby's was, like, a a larger man, and the Mantis dude is, like, tiny. He's, like, a twink. It... (laughs) Don't,
0: uh, don't say the vords are twinks. Don't don't do that. Um.
1: Mm, no. Well, maybe not once they get four. Because uh, if you if you no. say the
0: if you say the vords are twinks, you're indirectly saying that cybermen are twinks, and that's just no.
1: Oh, don't no. I know they wear radiators on their chest, but come on.
0: Listen, that's only for like the first five uh, stories that they're in. Not even uh, three.
1: So, the Mantis guy doesn't want them to come close, because he states that the machine gave him a disease, <gasps> and Mantis asks if Altoid is a good man for some reason, and I'm not really sure...
0: Well, it's so they can have the foil of, wait, if he was really Arby's, he would have known Altoid, so... Yeah. That's obviously not him. And then...
1: He tells them to go get the old man and Sabitha so that they can all celebrate. And I've got a Ian pizza on the way. The key on the ground, which isn't suspicious at all. No, I'll well, be well, yeah. on to the ground so that he can pick it up because he doesn't want to get the disease that Arby's hat, quote unquote, Arby's has.
0: I mean, do you and want like, his all disease? will
1: right, we'll go. Uh, So they go, okay, we'll go get them. And I'm like, there's literally, like, three lines in here. I'm like, you know what? It's probably the fake key. Christ, Ian, don't be that stupid. And I went, no, he actually just threw the key on the floor. I,
0: yeah, because I I very specifically, like, at (laughs) just the right time was like, Like, ha thought you thought he was gonna be smart and this was a bait-and-switch, but nope, Ian's just that stupid. And then it's revealed that he's like, well, I threw the fake key down there. You just went, oh, for fuck's sake!
1: (laughs) Um, you at this point were actually reading my notes along with me, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. And there's literally a line that's all caps that just said, he threw the key on the floor, I hate this! It was the fake key, I swear to God! Fuck! It's great. So, if they put the fake key into the machine, the machine will blow up. So, they all decide okay, we'll just leave. And the Mantis guy sees them trying to escape and comes back to tell the leader. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. If they leave, I'll just control them with this mind control machine. Puts the fake key in. And it explodes! Whoa! Hey, the explosion
0: did look pretty cool. Mmm. Hey, it hey, awesome. it, it's not a standard fucking Hollywood explosion with fire everywhere. We're talking, like, negative effects and camera pops. It looks like the
1: film burned out. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of an explosion. Eh, yeah, fair. Um, And everyone gets out just in time, and then we cut to the scene where they're at the TARDIS ready to leave, and the doctor starts talking privately with Sabitha about how her dad was really smart, even though they knew him for like five seconds, and that she should continue his work in her, but also not to be an evil psychopath like he was, wanting to mind control people, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, Sabitha and Altoid decide to go back to Millennia. Millennius. Millennius. Ian Ian decides to give the key to the doctor, because why not? Hey, it's a little trinket that he can have. Yeah. And they all head back into the TARDIS, and it poofs away. And apparently the next episode is called the Temple of Evil. So
0: so so uh first off you know why it's called the temple of evil
1: because it's evil
0: because we're going to the motherfucking aztecs baby
1: oh shit
0: as it's it's actually pre-interesting the
1: british fucked up what
0: <laughs> yes the yes the country <laughs> of aztecs um uh actually well so uh that that episode you're gonna i think you're actually really gonna like because it's a lot of barbara um mm-hmm. But, okay, Keys of Marinus, what do you think, overall?
1: I, I mean, I'm not really a fan of anything that likes to use fucking sexual assault as a key plot point, but- Yeah,
0: you're really not gonna like when they go to Rome.
1: (sighs) No, I'm not.
0: Let's just say Emperor Nero gets handsy.
1: Mm, okay, there's going to be a lot of episodes I feel like I'm probably going to have a problem
0: they, with. But the thing is also, it's I'm still sorry? always family-friendly. They never go like, I'm going to sexually assault you. It's more like, I'm a man going to chase you around a table. And it's like, the implication and the subtlety of it is, Ugh. Yeah,
1: it's implying that it is sexual assault is not a good thing. Even yes. when you make been family-friendly. Yes, that's a whole other argument that's not for this podcast that's for another podcast
0: well plus also it's kind of futile considering like doctor who has already changed and already has acknowledged that
1: yes yeah um i mean aside from actually like the snowy episode which i thought was kind of stupid in general it wasn't that bad honestly i would probably watch it again if I waited a few months.
0: <laughs> Damn it, I was about to say. Okay, let's do it! We'll watch it
1: again right now! It's... No, I... I mean, okay, to be fair, I am not the type of person that can watch something again and again and again. I have yeah. to wait a little while before I watch something again.
0: I, I... I feel like this episode is really propped up by the fact there are so many different sets and locations. Like, if they were all just, like, different variations of the same set this episode would be so dull it would be so dull because it would be like we're just in the same location we're just in the same fucking location like you're trying to say this is a jungle and now this is a city it's just the fucking same location
1: i actually think the screaming jungle was the most interesting one to me yeah,
0: well, I'm glad you like the Screaming Jungle. There's a lot of jungle episodes. Well, not jungle episodes, sure. but episodes with jungle settings, because, you yeah, know... They all scream. No, but there are screaming in jungles, because Susan's in there. <laughs>
1: Fair. Um, well, so I just like the the jungle, because it kind of seemed like its own little world that was still something that could be connected to the first one you see, Whereas, like the snowy mountain, just seemed like an entirely different fucking planet. Honestly, well, um, it was
0: it kind of was. It's a different yeah. section of the planet.
1: I know, but it just seemed like it wasn't even on the same planet, so to speak.
0: What's he saying? Jungles and <laughs> and icy mountains can't be on the same planet.
1: No, I'm saying that ugh, it they just acted like the two never exist. I whatever. Um, it just seemed like. It was really nice to see another monk sort of character. (laughs) It
0: it was nice to get some more monk representation. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is hilarious, because there's so many episodes with monks in them as characters.
1: (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well,
0: because it's an easy fucking costume.
1: Fair. Okay. Um... But, like, it was really nice to see, like, more lore expanding, like, someone who knew Arby's, even though he, like, went and fucked off and did whatever and went to go protect a key.
0: Yeah.
1: But it felt more connected than just having a key in a block of ice. Plus also, sure. plus, also, like... Uh...
0: Terry Nation's really good at that. He's really good at, like, the world-building of it. And also the fact that, like, the fake key wasn't just a, a throwaway plot device. It actually comes back in the final episode. It's, like, it's not, like, a really strong thing, but it's, like, in if it wasn't Terry Nation writing it, I can guarantee that would not have come back. Like, they would have gone, Ian recognises that that's not Arby's, and instantly pulls off his robe, and they have a struggle to, to fight, and Ian runs away, and they go, oh, we can blow it up now. Like, it, it's not the best thing ever, but it's, like, it's more interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, there are those little tidbits of uh, of of lore and world building, and we get a lot of that with the Daleks when we get to the next Dalek story. Um, which, unfortunately, is not for a, a few weeks still. Um, oh. But the episodes in between are still I still fairly interesting. Um, no real losers in my mind. Um,
1: I mean, we could also just maybe do more than one episode of this in a week, but, you know, whatever.
0: Well, I don't know if I have the time, and also I, I kind of like stretching them out a little bit because it's... I mean, if these are, like, an hour to two hours long, like, I, I kind of like having them one a week at least. Um, yeah. It's more sustainable that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, if we go off a fucking scale of one to ten, what would you give this? Or, or we could tailor the, 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 the scaling to one to thirteen, since there's thirteen doctors.
1: Shut up. Ah! Uh-huh. No, fuck off. Uh-huh. Um. Honestly, the first, like, two or three parts were probably, like, maybe an eight or so, or something wow. or an eight. But the snow one fucking killed it for me. Like, a lot of my mood just dropped because I found that one so goddamn boring.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... So it was, like, up there, and then it dropped because of that, and then because of that, the case one, like, the final one, was just kind of like, okay, I'm not in the mood for this anymore, sort of thing, so maybe, like, a six or a seven?
0: That's fair. I mean, I I guess another thing is the the tenets of this story is that its its strength is that each adventure to get the key isn't, exactly the same each time it's like oh we're here oh there's a problem okay we've solved it here's yeah. the key like when you uh, boil it down that's exactly what it is but when you sort of go okay what is the actual story of this episode it's like okay uh we're here we're in the jungle there's the key wait that's not the real key we have to find the real key and figure out what's going on and then the snow one It's like oh i'm here everyone's dead who's this man hagrid what are you doing here
1: Um, (laughs) You did call him
0: Hagrid. (laughs) I did call him Hagrid. Um, It's like, where's the key? Oh god, Hagrid's chasing us now. Oh, there's the key, with the Knights of Knee around it. Um, Let's (laughs) melt the block, get the key, let's go. And then it's like, okay, here's the key, oh no, someone killed this man, oh no, I'm being hit in the head by a sweet potato, and now Um, I'm on trial for his murder. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 such a, a an interesting story. It's not my favorite of the first
1: doctors, but it's it's
0: interesting well, I, enough that I would like rewatching it. I,
1: I will say that like having Altoid and Sabitha like come along with and actually having parts of each episode like come along with them. They yeah, I,
0: they I bleed over to each don't
1: other. Take anything from Snow Episode with them.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> except the memory of Hagrid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like they even like take off all their furs and Ian is still wearing like his sick shirt throughout this entire episode. He never changes. Hell yeah. I'm like all
0: right. Uh so yeah, next episode uh the Aztecs uh a really really interesting episode. Uh I I don't know. I I I I think you'll like it a lot. I, I want you to like it a lot, but there might be some elements of it that you won't like. Um, but uh, it's a it's kind of a Barbara-centric episode, so uh, here's hoping.
1: <laughs> I mean, this scored pretty high for me, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, nothing can...
0: <laughs> Actually, no, that's a lie. There are episodes that are probably going to be as low as the Edge of Destruction for you. Um <laughs> mm. But they're
1: remember. not upcoming.
0: They're not upcoming.
1: Um I I put that episode so far out of my memory that I don't even remember what score I gave it, so
0: I don't either. I think you gave it like a one or a two. Because you just we did not.
1: And... Yeah, we
0: should probably I should probably like <laughs> go back and listen, but I can't be bothered, so I'll just like Yeah, I'll just put out a general call out now. Can someone like send a tweet to dear or me reminding us of what Deer has scored the past three episodes yeah. cause I've already forgotten.
1: Cause I was gonna say if we actually like make a small graph like we can oh. see where I see most episodes if we wanted and I I just know want, you, like, you just, to you do just want me to graph. like
0: Yeah, you just want me to do more work I'm already struggling yeah. enough as it is to do everything else it's in fun. my life
1: I'm not saying we have to do this like constantly I'm just saying at some point <laughs> we can probably do that
0: Anyway, Aztecs Next week, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: play a stop game. Uh, uh you talk, you talk, you talk, you talk. I told me you it's a game. You're not play. playing. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
0: uh, next week. <laughs>